Hi everyone, and welcome to Gameplay Radio on Radio Free Brooklyn, a storytelling game radio show with me, your host, Erin, and the music by Jasula, and today a fantastic group of guests. I have quite the uh, party with me today. We have David, Russell, M, and Trip. Say hi, everybody. Hello. Hi, everybody. Hi. (laughs) Perfect. Hello. Hello. Uh, This is a group that I met uh, when I did a volunteer DM game for the British Science Fiction Association a couple of months ago. Uh, Why don't you all give a bit of an introduction and descriptor for uh, who y'all are so they kind of have an idea. Em, would you like to go first? Okay, um, so my name's Emma Newman and I'm an author of science fiction and fantasy and I'm also an audiobook narrator. Beautiful, and can't you just tell from her dulcet tones. David, would you like to go next? Uh, yeah, hi, I'm uh, David Thomas Moore. Uh, I'm a uh, senior commissioning editor at uh, Rebellion Publishing Limited. Fantastic. Russell? Hi, I'm Russell Smith, a uh, sometime writer, sometime historian, lots of time gamer, and delighted to be here. Delighted to have you. And last but definitely not least, Trip. Hi, I am Trip Gailey. I am also a writer of fantasy, uh, and I'm currently also a PhD student um, laboring in the word mines. <laughs> Thank you all for doing this with me today. And um, would any of you like to kind of ex- like to talk a little bit about why you kind of chose the avenue you went into for how you explore storytelling? Uh, do you mean why we chose writing as a medium as opposed to anything else or how we approach the stories we write? Um, why you chose the mediums that you chose? Uh, well, it, I always have been writing all my life. Apparently I started writing stories when I was four, so it was just something I was always doing. But as for choosing science fiction and fantasy, I fell in love with science fiction when I was nine and it's just my favorite genre. And it was purely accidental that my first book series was urban fantasy. So it's it's kind of a chaotic mix of, I've always been doing it. I fell in love with it early and a lot of it was accidental. It's like my life. (laughs) yeah i do tend to find that most things none of it ever feels intentional but that's fine no (laughs) in fact i I tend to regret the most intentional things which oh dear that doesn't sound very good does it Hmm. but yeah the accidental stuff has definitely been the best (laughs) lovely um actually quite a similar thing to what em just said to be honest also started around urban fantasy but um lots of conversations of leading me somewhere have led me somewhere historical so i'm kind of working on that but but that, that that's going to be a slow job because this has actually sent me down at, um, actual history feeds so hmm. i i got lost on a I, I got lost on a research loop and now it's a thing so <laughs> <laughs> so i'm gonna have to deal with that first and then come back hmm. So you kind of, uh, in the process of researching for other things, find yourself so enamored with the research that you're continuing to go? It was less that it was so enamored and more sort of, it was more sort of a thing I was doing was something not many people were, so I ended up actually doing it. And, mm. uh, <laughs> <laughs> which is great because it all feeds back into each other because I've then been asked to do things for um, RPGs and um, with with my area of uh, with, with my area of knowledge to go back to that, which has then sent me to look at things that are outside my area of knowledge. Uh, like um, next week, I have um, I have to learn a whole lot more about the Rolls Royce Merlin engine than I than is in my head right now. But um, <laughs> wow, yeah, what, one thing at a time. I'm, I'm just dealing with things in clumps of a few days because if I do anything else, I just get lost. Sounds about right. Trip, you want to go? Sure. If we're talking about sort of like how we came to storytelling and how we've developed our experiences with that, I'd I'd have to say that I'm something of a storytelling nomad. (laughs) I was really raised in a family where I was raised in a huge family. And anytime there was like a holiday or anything, it was you eat the meal and then you sit around the table and you tell stories about everyone, usually whoever just left. Um, (laughs) 
And so it was very much, it was very much a storytelling <laughs> culture, but it was not a book culture. There was like, we didn't have television. My parents were not big readers. I came hmm. into reading myself later when I started school. But I'm very much a storytelling nomad because I started reading um, and I did a little bit of writing, but I went from writing fiction and then I discovered Dungeons and Dragons. And so like being the only one interested, I was sort of the default dungeon master. And then I fell into acting as you do. And it took me a while to get out of that. But so that was another aspect of storytelling. And so it's all sort of come around to the point where I sort like, it's all the same sort of thing from different perspectives. Hmm. I think it's just like, I know that my uh, experience of writing dialogue, for example, has been really, really informed by my experiences as an actor and studying scenes and finding the motivation of characters and so on and so forth. So a whole bunch of chaos um, landing me in writing, you know, marketing and copywriting. And then I got back into writing fiction, met some friends at science fiction conventions, and I fell in. I did a little bit of games writing for Onyx Path, and I've just finished my first novel with uh, as part of this PhD that I am that I'm submitting for in 38 days, um, oh. and I have a interactive fiction novel slash game coming out from choice of games uh later this year so it's it, it's games writing it's fiction it's everything <laughs> it's just a it's a melange i was gonna call it a mess but let's call it a melange <laughs> that sounds like, like that. a very large melange <laughs> there's a massive uh, amount of transferable skills between gming and writing because oh, i yeah, gm'd yeah. absolutely before writing novels and um, yeah, it, it's something which is an incredibly useful process to go through. I think there's a, there's a lot of good stuff to be learned, kind of having a good hook for a story, drawing the players, stroke the reader into the mysteries, into the plots, unfolding everything at the right time, building the world steadily, not overwhelming people. Loads of great stuff. Yeah, absolutely. You paint the world from from scratch almost for the players. Uh, you have all of this knowledge of how the world is supposed to be with the rule structure, and then you go wild sometimes. Yeah. 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 Uh, so I um, uh, a similar kind of story, um, certainly to Eamon Russell. I um, <laughs> read voraciously from a very young age. My uh, dad introduced me to. Um, uh, Asimov and Terry Pratchett. My mum introduced me to Ursula Le Guin and Anne McCaffrey. Um, Great books. I, Great authors. You know, the moment I went to any new school, my first visit after the toilet was to the library to sort of <laughs> see what they've got. And yeah, that's that's been my whole life. I've been writing since I can't remember <laughs> when. I think my first uh, complete novel was called Eight-Legged Aliens. It was about spiders that were aliens. Um, <laughs> I don't remember much other than that. Um, Amazing. And uh, the reason I'm an editor now is basically because it's a paid job. Um, <laughs> and I've, so I was doing something which paid quite well, but which I find personally very satisfying and was able to find an opportunity and luck into a role uh, which pays less well but is enormously satisfying making, uh, uh, making, making books making beautiful things uh, science fiction and fantasy books especially uh, for people to read and enjoy so my favorite bit is saying yes to a writer I, I hate rejections <laughs> which is why it's so, un so unjust that I have to write like, uh, like 99 rejections for every uh, every acceptance but... that's uh, sounds like a, a rough path to struggle on <laughs> Fortunately, you don't take too much time with the rejections. It's been a lot, much more time than enjoying the editing and working on the books. That, uh, that is a great way to think about it. Yeah, because yeah. once the rejection happens, that's it, it's done. And then you can move on to the thing that takes more time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. ripping off a plaster. That's, that's great. <laughs> I'm going to be thinking about that for a while now, actually. <laughs> it's incredible. Um, yeah, so really... It sounds like the pursuit of storytelling and fantasy really drives all of you in some way, which makes perfect sense for you then being driven in some way to tabletop role-playing games of the like. What was the first tabletop role-playing game that you all started with? Uh, a friend's older yeah. brother at primary school 
ran a D&D game, I'm going to say I was 9 or 10. Um, I just got handed a character sheet, told I was the wizard. Um, <laughs> <laughs> sat there feeling just terribly enthusiastic because, you know, the big kids were involving me. Um, and after about 20 minutes, someone said, cast magic missile, so I did. Um, but from there... <laughs> My first experience of role-playing was actually uh, live action, was LARP, um, when I was about 15. I happened across a Star Trek shop, which was just the most magical and insanely exciting thing ever, because I was obsessed with Star Trek Next Generation at the time, it was the 90s. And literally at the back of this shop, in the back room, they had a mock-up of the bridge, and they ran a weekly LARP there. And I thought I'd died and gone to heaven. It was (laughs) the best thing ever. Um, and then uh, Tabletop, I think it was um, Vampire the Masquerade. Wow. Was my first kind of proper tabletop. I'm really showing my age, aren't I? It's all very 90s. But yeah, loads and loads of vampire. And it was only in the last five years that I actually played proper d and I didn't play it until 5th Ed just because of the way things shook out. Lots of GURPS, lots of White Wolf stuff. But yeah, it was, it was late coming, but it was an amazing game. It was run by Adrian Tchaikovsky. Um, who, if you're going to have a GM, your first GM for D&D 5th Ed, you, you can't go actually very wrong at all. He's an amazing GM. So I've been wow. very, very lucky. I have had I the pleasure of, um, of Adrian running a game for me as well. So. Mm. I, I, I love it. GURPS. Um, there aren't enough GURPS yes. fans out there. GURPS game. is so good. Yeah, it gets, it's just it's, so, so easy. <laughs> I was definitely going to mention GURPS, actually, because that was my first tabletop. Uh, that was my first tabletop RPG. I'm not sure if I know anything about GURPS. What, what, what is, is it? it? Generic yeah, Universal Role Playing System? Yeah, I think that's know. correct, yes. Yeah, that's so right. You can oh. run any kind of game. Whatever okay. your, um, whatever your, um, your GM and you decide you're playing, you end up playing. I'm, um, oh. I'm presently in an Infinite Worlds campaign at the moment. Um, whereby we are basically some weird cross between Stargate, Doctor Who, and the um, and the sixties Avengers. Okay, so, um, great. And it, it's lovely. We bounce around to all sorts of parallel worlds where um, things vary from really slightly different from where we are, such as you know the um, uh, there's a place called Zvarmo, which was so named because um, one of our previous explorers had visited it and realised everything seemed quite similar apart from a couple of things like. Um, Paul McGann actually staying as sharp beyond day one. Um, so, you know, that, that's a, and, um, but mostly the keyboard. It's not a, it's not a QWERTY keyboard there. It's a Zvamo. <laughs> so that's how, oh. we, how we name it. So it's little things like that, but it's, yeah, um, yeah we've, we've been, we've, we've been going off on some very strange adventures. And how do you uh, figure out the rule set when you're playing, when you're playing GURPS, just generic? Um, it, it's, it's got a, very, it just changes. It's a very yeah, rule set. It's, it's one of those things where it doesn't, it's not um, dependent on the genre of the world that you're playing in. So it's kind of like, oh, from my memory of it, it's okay. like a core rule set and you can just use it um, and adapt it to whatever world you want. I gotcha, um, gotcha. Yeah. The mm-hmm. thing I really liked about it was the floors system, the way that you could buy more points for your character by buying floors as well. So that was always really fun because you could, well. yeah, yeah, it's, mm. it's, it's a lot of fun to have this character who can be really amazing, but is also so very deeply flawed <laughs> because you needed to buy back the points <laughs> and, yeah, uh, and the fighting system is very simple as well. I see. Yeah, okay. It's, it's sometimes accused of being very dry and sort of quite convoluted with lots of, sort of uh, rules and lookups and things, but mm. it's a, toolkit so it's it's up yeah. to up to you how to run it and up to, up to the like, like to anything it's it. with yeah it's down to you it's a lot down to your party and um, i and, see and, and yeah, yeah. yeah if you if you treat the whole set as like all indispensable you will have a huge system that will be un, unusable for most groups but that's <laughs> yeah, the, the point you're supposed to pick and choose the rules and mechanics you like and assemble the game you want interesting very cool. Yeah, I played in a fantasy in using GURPS and ran a post-apocalyptic modern-day London game using GURPS. So it shows the flexibility of it, completely different genres, and it was seamless for both. 
Well, it sounds like um, a great system to really just have a rule set and then just play whatever you want with it. So that's yeah. which yeah, very is much. important games. Trip, how about you? What was your first game? So my first tabletop game was technically like the original box set of Dungeons and Dragons, nice. um, which like someone came to our school and took us on a trip or something. And one of those things was going to a bookstore, which is very exciting because I'm from the middle of nowhere. And the closest bookstore to where I grew up was 144 miles away. <gasps> Yikes. Um, that's awful. Yeah. I thought Cornwall yeah. was bad for that. That's really bad. Pre-Amazon. Pre-Amazon. Terrible. And someone's like, oh, you should totally try this. And I was like, yeah, sure, I will. And then, of course, I went back to my tiny little town and had literally no one to play with. So I just sat there and read the book uh, <laughs> and rolled the dice. But because of that, I subscribed to Inquest Magazine. And because I subscribed to Inquest Magazine, I found out about um, the Amber Dice's role-playing game because I loved the books oh, of Roger Lasney. So oh, I literally, so like, good. I mailed off, like, a, a, an actual physical paper check and <laughs> waited, like, six to eight weeks for delivery to get my hands on Amber Diceless. And I fortunately had, there were, there were two other people in my entire school that also read fantasy. I had made them read the Chronicles of Amber. Nice. So the first tabletop I ever ran was Amber Diceless role-playing, which also has sort of a flawed system in terms of bad stuff but not quite. But yeah, that's the first thing I ran. And then I didn't get to actually play Dungeons and Dragons until my first year at university. <laughs> but, a yeah, a long-term was... aspiration. Definitely. Like, it was I... literally like six years. <laughs> I, I played a, a con game of Amber uh, where at the end of the first session, the, the one guy who chosen not to take pattern imprint walked the pattern. And so uh, the following year at the next con, we, we brought the, the same group back to keep the, the story going. And he had uh, 45 points worth of bad stuff to pay for his patent imprint power. <laughs> it was, it was yeah. the most horrible experience for him. It was awesome. Oh, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I, I imagine we could swap stories about our experiences getting into the tabletop role-playing games for the entire hour but we should definitely get into playing uh the game that we're going to be scheduled to play uh for today which is um a little bit more of a lasers and feelings which uh, we did play um a month ago and again just had such a great time with all the chaos that we would do it again but before we do that, there are a couple of things that I need to let our listeners know as part of the Radio Free Brooklyn listenership. So we'll do those really quick, and then we will get into the game. Radio Free Brooklyn is sponsored in part by ProCare Biomedical Repair, offering little or no cost medical braces. More information is available at 844-598-6639. Also, Renew for Brooklyn's mission is to provide a free and open platform to our community and promote media literacy, education, free expression, and public art. We rely primarily on donations from listeners like you. As it has been for so many, the pandemic year has been difficult for us financially, and every dollar helps us to stay on air and allows us to continue the work in our community. Please help by pledging whatever you can. Radio for Brooklyn is a 501c3 nonprofit organization, so all contributions are tax deductible. Please support with a monthly pledge or one-time donation at radioforbrooklyn.org/donate. And if you're ever curious about the other things that happen at Radio for Brooklyn, you should subscribe to our monthly newsletter for the latest news and programming at radioforbrooklyn.org/newsletter. All right, that is it. Let's play some lasers and feelings. Sorry, they just gave Yay. me such NPR vibes, and I was so happy. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Happy to, that's uh, very pleased to be compared. My, um, I guess, announcement reading voice be compared to NPR. My goodness. <laughs> NPR, please notice me, senpai. <laughs> 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 All right, uh, let, let's play some games. So what we're going to be playing today is called Lasers and Feelings. It was created by John Harper. It's a very simple, very chaotic game where the premise is that our player, my players are going to be the crew of interstellar scout ship called the Raptor. Um, their mission is to explore uncharted regions of space, deal with aliens both friendly and deadly, uh, and defend the consortium worlds against space dangers. But 
their captain, Captain Darcy, has been overcome by the strange psychic entity known as something else, in quotation marks, uh, which leaves them to fend for themselves while he recovers in a medical pod. So essentially, they're <laughs> they're up to their own <laughs> devices in the middle of space. The dice mechanic is extremely simple. They have one stat and they can do one of two things. They either roll for lasers or roll for feelings. Uh, and depending on which one they roll, they want to roll under their stat for lasers or over their stat for feelings. They only need one six-sided dice to do this. Um, and we will go over those rules as we go. They can also help each other roll. Um, and of course, if they succeed or they fail, depending on how badly they succeed, or how badly they fail, how how well they succeed or how bad they fail, I can speak today. <laughs> then they will, you know, determine how like what happens essentially, and they can add dice for different things. Hopefully, you'll figure it out as we go along. Again, it's a very straightforward game to play, lots of fun. Would y'all like to introduce your characters? Uh, M, why don't you go first with your character? Uh, my character is Dr. Tak Eon, um, and she's a scientist who has very dubious attitudes towards life and people's needs as opposed to the needs of the advancement of science and physics and all that great stuff. Nice. Russell? Yes, Taylor 2 Pew Thomas, a weirdly old-school hero, at least in his head, who, you know, just got bored at school, saw the recruitment ad for this, was like, Hey, I get to shoot things and go into space. Cool. <laughs> and that, that, that is basically it. <laughs> Perfect. Trip? I will be playing Chief Engineer Scott Free, um, a hotshot who believes that laughter is the best medicine and love, support, and positive reinforcement is the best toolbox an engineer could possibly have. <laughs> I don't think our characters get along. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, my character thinks we get along fabulously. I really don't know what else is going on. Difference of philosophies. Oh, oh yes. Uh-oh. We'll see what happens there. Uh, and finally, David, your character? Uh, I'm, I'm the Medbot 9000. I'm a, I'm a very old uh, medical robot. Uh, I've been with the Raptor since the century it was commissioned. I'm, I'm mostly sort of gr grumpy and disappointed when people get injured because it just, just makes a lot more work for me. Right, and you uh, go by the nickname Niner as well, right? I'm also known as Niner, yeah. Thank you. Fantastic. Okay, great. Yes, this is, this is our ship without a captain. <laughs> Scott Niner, Dr. Tack... Taylor, you are all on the Interstellar Ship Raptor, uh, which um, you all picked some characteristics for your ship a while ago, uh, one of which was that it is a fuel hog. And I'm sorry to tell you this, but the Raptor is out of fuel crystals at the moment. Uh, you all have been drifting through unknown space for a day or so using the backup generator, hoping to find somewhere to refuel. Lucky for you, you discovered what you thought was a small moon, but upon exploration, you discovered that it was no moon. The raptor's scans show that it's actually an ancient city whose architecture is built under the surface and digs in towards the center. You decide to investigate because why not? And you need fuel. We're going to drop you right in to the actual city. Like we'll say that you land somehow, get in there. Um, the, the tunnels are made with um, an ancient alloy that hasn't been crafted in a long, long time. You see uh, through these various avenues of twisting hallways, evidence of sleeping alcoves and research stations. And it seems like there were some very interesting experiments going on here. Um, a lot that seem to have been related to time-related research in some way, um, in a various different forms, big and small. Um, I would love for you all to tell me one thing that breaks the rules of time that you find while exploring these tunnels. What, one for each of you. Can I find a button that rewinds five seconds? Sure. <laughs> this is a very long tunnel, except it's really not. But it is. 
So are you saying that there's a tunnel that when you walk down it, you think it's taken a long time, but it actually oh, oh, hasn't? Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> this tunnel is broken. Get me a new tunnel. You, you get you get <laughs> stuck in that tunnel for. Uh, well, we don't know. <laughs> okay, you're walking along this tunnel at the at this current moment in time. <laughs> Incredible. Um, okay. I would like to encounter an unstable temporal field such that when you walk into it, you don't know if you will physically become like much much older or much much younger. Oh, in just oh. that in just that space of fields. Yep. Okay. Uh, I've I've found a room where time doesn't go backwards, but causality does. Um, and I can't quite explain what it is, but any time you set out to do something, um, you have to have already achieved it or you won't succeed. It's just, is this just the in this room. room? <laughs> yeah, something like that. <laughs> okay. Basically, you have, you have to achieve something and then figure out how you're going to have done it. You can't just spontaneously well, that... decide to do things. Everything ha happens backwards. And I'm not sure. Uh, why. We, ha we, we have to have the logic for how it happened. Just to make sure I understand this correctly, you step into the tunnel and suddenly you've completed something, but you don't actually get it until you reverse your, like, until you retrace your steps. Yeah, you have to figure out how you, how you did it, yeah. Okay, interesting. Yeah, I've broken my foot and I still don't know how. <laughs> but once I've figured it out, hopefully my foot won't be broken okay. anymore. Gotcha. All right, you discover these things for yourself and you hear what sounds like faint clanging and echoing sounds coming through some of the hallways and you suspect that you might not be alone what would you like to do oh no there might be poor orphaned bots that need help i'm just gonna check the voices in case they sound really like us and they're possibly us half an hour ago that's exactly my thinking taylor i'll see what the scanner can show me <laughs> <laughs> I'm oh, gonna okay. use my scanner. Here, here, here. Let let me help. I'm sure, like, you're such a good scanner. You're an amazing scanner. You like sense so much further than any other scanner. I'm going to try and use my feelings to help her scan. Okay, great. Roll for feelings. Uh, so you uh, should one... roll over your number, which I have noted here as uh, a two. Yes, and I have rolled a three. Great, so you successfully roll over your feelings. Do I need to roll lasers to do the scan? I, yeah, I would say roll lasers, um, and you can add an extra die to that roll, um, <laughs> since you were getting help on that. Okay, I've got two fours. Okay. So I've rolled under mine, my lasers is five. Great, so you've rolled, you've rolled under twice, uh, so that means yes. you have two successes here, uh, which means that you you do it well, um, because the number of dice that you roll that succeed means that you do better at the thing that's happening. Yeah, so you, you kind of hold your uh, nifty space phone camera communicator thing out, um, and you kind <laughs> of scan the sounds that you hear coming from you, and uh, the recording as it comes back to you, it does not sound like your voices at all it sounds like an entirely other entirely other beings um one saying hmm, i think that the the turbine is going to be further inside and someone else goes yes we should explore their post haste exactly why don't we have leave some of our uh crew here so that they can continue to explore and the other one goes hmm yes that sounds like a good idea Ooh. Well, I can reassure you all that it isn't us running at a different point in time, backwards or forwards. In fact, it seems to be a rival exploratory group. So I suggest we either find them and work with them or slaughter them immediately. <laughs> Which would you prefer? Ah, that's a tough call. I don't know them. We hmm. talk to them for a couple of minutes and decide that they're not punchable. Yes, let's see if they like tea. And if they do, we will propose an alliance. And if they don't, we shall kill them immediately. Does anyone um, have any objections? Yes, we're not doing the tea test again because the last time we <laughs> no. did that, when we were when we were on the um, on the planet, I think we now call Earl Grey Four. Um, they were they they drank tea with us for hours and then decided they wanted to kill us anyway. Well, there always has uh, to be I one mean, exception to every rule, and they were I, I, the exception. I'm just saying tea is associated with quite a lot of sort of historically evil empires. You know? Oh, is it? I <laughs> yeah. just like to drink it. 
God, I hate her. I'm not like this in real life. I think this is how it, is how it all started. But <laughs> I, 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 didn't, I didn't spend long on that module, so... Um... <laughs> Well, yeah, sure, I think let's it's splendid. Let's go and see them and uh, see if we want to kill them all. I mean, uh, see if we want to collaborate or not. The only way to, to prove the theory is to test the theory, right? So we need to yes. test the tea theory. Okay. Yes! <laughs> that's so, the first thing you said that's made sense all year. <laughs> Incredible. Uh, so are you, you're just going straight in. Are you trying to be... Are you sneaking around at all, or are you just like actively like approaching whoever? Well, it could if be? we if we're on the diplomatic mission, I think it's mostly going to be we've got tea. <laughs> Hello. Yeah. <laughs> Put the kettle on. I, I think it's a pretty straightforward. Hi. Okay, <laughs> fantastic. So you you kind of approach uh, where you hear the voices coming from, and you you call you call out this greeting and. You don't hear any footsteps, but all of a sudden you see shadows like kind of echoing from some of the lights, the kind of overhead flickering lights that have, are in this space that have been turned on. And you see floating towards you now are two beings that appear to be brains with like the like the floating body of a worm. Like like it would be a nerve stem, but it looks to have been like encased itself here. So it's like a floating brain with eyes. And like a stem floating down, and it's just floating there in space. Any, and these two any obvious tea drinking orifice? Um, <laughs> it's not clear how they consume anything. They Did don't seem to have straws? mouths. Hmm? Did we bring straws? <laughs> wow. Um, I'm going to yeah. to scan them medically uh, to look at how that how if at all they imbibe fluids. Okay, roll for lasers. Uh, okay, do I get expert? Uh, yeah, I, I mean, since, you, since you do the medical, since you're in the medical field, I would say that you um, are an expert, and if you're using uh, your phone, you are prepared. So I guess that would be an extra two. So you can roll three, uh, Doctor Tack. If you want to help, how do you help? Yes. Um, well, my last scanning went so well. Yeah. Um, I think I've got a grasp on you know all of the background radiation of the place, so I can filter that out very quickly to okay. assist this scan. That makes sense, but with helping you would need to do a roll, so I would need you to uh, roll lasers with um, w uh, with a prepared, I think, since you've, you're already on this track too. So roll two diet and see how you do okay, for lasers. So under your so I've, uh One is below and one is five, so it's on it. So I don't know if, if it's the same, whether that is a success or not. So if it's the same, that means you have laser feelings. <laughs> <gasps> Yeah, which is which is great. So laser feelings means you get a special insight into what's going on. Um, uh, yeah, I mean you're helping, but I'll, I'll let you ask a question too. So I would sure. like well, to know well, I got, if uh, I've, I've got two successes. Um, How many did you roll? I rolled four dice. Uh, one plus one for prepared, one for and then one for the help. Yeah. Expert and one for help. Right. Um, so two two successes. Great. Um, good. So, so do they drink tea? <laughs> <laughs> um, and where from? Incredible. So you, you you're scanning this being, and it does seem like maybe it can consume or experience sensations. With the scan, you see that it looks like there are nerve endings descending down in this protective casing from this brainstem. So it looks like from there, those nerve endings can be used to experience the sensation of tea, the taste, <laughs> the temperature. You don't know if it'll be consumed, but they will certainly experience it. <laughs> okay. Em, your question. Yeah, what's your question? <laughs> um, their brain structure, does it appear to be similar enough to ours for me to think that they might conceive a reality in the same way as us, or are they just going to be really, yeah. really very, very, very different? Yeah, their, their brains do seem to be uh, very similar to brains that you've seen in like other humans and other human-type beings. Okay, so I'm going to form a hypothesis on the spot that these are actually human beings in the far future because if there's anything that Dr. Tachyon has always wished for is that she wasn't restricted by a tedious meat sack 
and she could just be a brain <laughs> floating. So she's going to appraise these as really super advanced beings that have, have done away with the irritations of having to run a body and adjust what we should all be aiming for. So she'll be very polite and say good afternoon instead of trying to kill them immediately. <laughs> okay. The beings, um, you don't see them like they're any mouths move or anything, but you hear this kind of projected sound in your ears um, and you hear one of them kind of project into all of your minds. Hello, human being. I see that you have also found your way into this current location. Yes, indeed. Would you like a cup of tea? <laughs> Perhaps in some ways, if this were a social situation, it would be a benefit to be able to experience an additional sensation to conversation. But at the moment, we are uh, currently um, on a mission of exploration, and uh, you would be... That, that's great, but the, 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 the good doctor might consider it a diplomatic incident if you don't say yes to the tea so if this is a factor in your assessments just putting it out there so you're saying that you're going to kill us if we don't drink your tea never said such a thing well no but one doesn't want to get off onto the wrong foot oh uh, uh onto the wrong brain stem pseudopod <laughs> yes yes the wrong the wrong hmm. lobe lobe yes <laughs> You feel kind of um, a pressure in the air that feels the same way as it did when they were communicating with you, but now they are no longer communicating with you for a moment. And it seems as if they might be communicating with each other. And then uh, one comes back and says, yes, let us um, let us find a place to settle down and have this tea. That sounds like an excellent idea. Oh, splendid. Um, Damn it, I knew I should have brought biscuits. And they take you off to yeah. a... <laughs> <laughs> and they they turn and start floating away and uh, they take you down a surprisingly familiar it feels like you've been here before there's a it's a tunnel it looks like many of the others um, but it seems to be very long have have you explored the complex before us uh, or have you just arrived we have been here for a significant amount of time. This is the best way to a place to rest. Please follow us. And they continue to proceed down this hallway that, as you're looking, doesn't seem to have much of an end at all. You're not sure how long it's going to take to get down this hallway. Taylor, I'll give you this. It does seem a lot like the tunnel you got yourself stuck in um, earlier in your exploration. Yeah. What do you do? You know where you're going, right? Of course. That That's good, because we're going to be a while if you don't. What constitutes a significant amount of time to your people? Time constitutes the distance between something that we want and something that we do not have yet. I like these people. Brains. <laughs> these beings. Are we going to be a pile of dust before we make it halfway down the corridor is what we're getting at. <laughs> It seems like they understand what is happening, that they know that they are going down this tunnel with seemingly no ends, and it might be that they are stalling you for some reason. As you, if you recall, they uh, separated from some other members of their group. I, I'm gonna write on the pad as a group message. I don't like this. Why are you looking for turbines? You heard us looking for turbines? I thought I did. Perhaps I've recalled incorrectly. Why would you be interested in what we are looking for if you have not told us anything about yourselves either? Oh, well, you see, that's what tea is for. Because when one shares tea, one learns about each other and whether one might be able to help. I see. Well, what we are looking for with the turbines is all a matter of time, as they say, in a place like this. Are these okay, turbines that doing... can influence time? Time binds? Turtines? No. Um, <laughs> no. No puns. We're supposed to create a good impression. They're, they've they've completely blown that one. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> um, one one of them says, "Well, while we are uh, 
walking to a comfortable place to rest. I see no reason not to share with you all. We are going to be finding a turbine and thankfully discovering a way to reverse time. We are evolved beings. We are evolved forms of yourselves. We have uh, moved past the needs for a body that uh, fails and malfunctions after a certain period of time. And we... This is disgusting, isn't it? It's it's rather unfortunate, yes. I'm sure you understand. Uh, yes. And we, we realized that evolution took a extremely long period of time to reach our states. And if we were to be there at the beginning and skip this whole flesh bag nonsense, then... It could do a lot of good for the society of the universe. I'm really not an expert in this sort of thing, but couldn't that also just create some weird alternative timeline where you don't get to be the super brains because you missed all the bits in between? No, we will already exist. We will be the ones going back in time. Are you in fact talking about denying others the opportunity to evolve past the meat sack stage? Uh, well, we have already evolved, so that means that all other steps are inconsequential. I think this is a fascinating hypothesis. I'm going to type back onto the, the pad. I think they might want to kill everybody and send it to the group. I'm going to type on the phone. Not going to lie, I'm, I'm tempted to join them. <laughs> I'll reply, oh yes, me too. But we need to make sure that we have the turbine and not them. I'm also going to type, telling you they're going to explode everyone and themselves because that's not how evolution works. <laughs> yeah, it's a paradox. A paradox. A most ingenious paradox. Well, it depends <laughs> on which theory of time and space that you subscribe to. There are I'm some theories that... I'm not actually going to type... I'm, I'm not actually going to type this on the pad, but you're supposed to be the smart ones. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I said that out loud. Uh, I, I mean, uh... you, you feel that kind of like communication, like pressure again, but don't hear anything. And um, you see rude, them kind of stop in the hallway and turn to you and say, it seems as if we may have to uh, depart with you here. And you see that they're kind of lower, the lower hanging parts with the, the nerve stems start like rising up a little bit. And you see these like little uh, tendrils uh, extend out of them and, and they are now beginning to reach towards you. Oh, what no. do you do? Pew, 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 pew. I'm going to look for a coolant line in the tunnel that we are in. What are you going to do with that coolant line? Rupture it in their general direction. <laughs> I rupture this in your general direction. Uh, anyone is sh anyone who is shooting anywhere in this tunnel, roll a lasers for me. Let's Yay. see. Uh, oh, and oh, oh. sorry. <laughs> I rolled another five. Nice. Yay. I'm shooting. Right, and I'd say, Scott, since you have a, a laser gun on you i would say you're prepared so you can add another one for that i mean all of you can add like a second one since you like have a laser gun on you so you are prepared unless taylor is shooting um they would get an expert, i was but... I, I mean they're, they're they're reaching out with tendrils i was going to simply put the vibro spatula settings on the front of my blasters so i can just slap them and go no but seeing as people are shooting, I don't want to miss out on the body. So, uh, yeah. Okay. yeah. Um, if, you, if you missed out, you wouldn't be too pew anymore. You'd be no pew. <laughs> no yeah, pew. I know. Never live it down. Pew pew. <laughs> okay, uh, um, what, what does everyone have? I rolled a three, which is over, and a one, which is under. Um, so you have one success, so you barely manage it. What else do we have here? I have a three and a four, which is one success and one laser feelings. Yay! Great! I got a double one, which is... Snake eyes! Exactly, the dice were listening when they said, you can't do this if you're not going to be too pure anymore. I was like, yeah, we're not having that. <laughs> <laughs> That's two, that is two successes. And I got a success and a lasers and feelings. Okay. And the laser feelings also count as a success. 
Actually, most of you succeed. There's only, I think only Scott is the one who like barely succeeds there. Okay, uh, but let's do the laser feelings. Questions? Are the tendrils looking more vulnerable and are there any like obviously vulnerable fleshy bits that look very, very shootable? Uh, they seem very fleshy, but they also um, are floating using what you imagine is to tell what I mean, it's telekinesis. They have telekinesis. So if there are weak points, it will be the points that are farther away from the brain itself. So like farther down the stem. Okay. I think generally the idea is that if you hit the brain, you're probably going to kill it. Uh, but you need to get through the kind of protective thing around it first. Do I get the feeling, uh, given that it's just a brain, uh, that it would be more susceptible to stun than to lethal? That's an interesting <laughs> question, isn't it? Um, if you electrified a brain, you would definitely fuck up a lot of its functions. <laughs> I'm going to stun, which, which also allows me to adhere to my hypocritical oath, so... My problem is I shot before it, before all this, so you know. Okay. <laughs> so let's see. We have Niner aiming for naming to stun the brains. We have Taylor and Doctor Tack aiming for the brain stem, shooting it, like mm -hmm. laser laser yeah. shooting. Um, yeah. And then we have Scott Free aiming for the coolant to kind of freeze them. Brain freeze. <laughs> Nice. Oh, these, poor, these poor brains. Um, so they get. Don't ever do that again. But nice. So the the, uh, the, the sorry, little tendrils come out. Uh, they get immediately shot off by uh, the by the by Taylor and Doctor Tech, and then Niner goes in for a stun. Um, and you're seeing, you're feeling a lot of kind of erratic energy around them as like the usual pulsing feel is like lessened. And um, Scott, you succeed, but you only succeed with a one, which means you barely manage it. So with the coolant, it does land on the on the currently twitching brain aliens, and they do get frozen. But as you break this, the tunnel that you're in seem to have relied on whatever that coolant was to maintain it. And as you break it, it seems to, you see the exit get farther and farther away from you, like much, much, oh, much no. farther away. What do you do? Do I think that before the coolant got broken, that they had been incapacitated? Because what I'm, what I'm thinking about doing is pressing the button that rewinds time by five seconds to stop the coolant problem. I'd say they were probably they were very well tased <laughs> and shot okay. at. So it would it would take a minute. So sure, yeah, activate activate that five second button. So I will press the five second button and then immediately go to Scott. No, 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 don't, don't. The sound of the coolant going back into the <laughs> I mean, it sounds like you feel very strongly about this. So in this case, I'm happy to listen. <laughs> yes, it's the most emotional she's been in the last month. <laughs> in the last month. Incredible. I'm going to pick one up. Um, <laughs> I'm going to limp back to the uh, reverse causality room, holding one. I'll, I'll hurry after. Oh my goodness. Going, oh, are you going to dissect it? Can I watch? This should be very fascinating. Um, Don't drop it. As, as you <laughs> as you depart, as you leave, as you turn around, leave the tunnel to go back there, you feel like a humming thrum coming from like further in away from you. And you have a sinking suspicion that it is the turbines that are turning on elsewhere ah. in the non-moon research base. <laughs> Maybe some time is about to get reversed. Uh, what do you do? Oh no, we're not playing time reverse tennis, are we? Um, <laughs> run towards the turbines. Can we pick up the turbine activity on scanners? I'll be looking to see if I can zero in on where exactly they are. Sure. Roll for lasers. See if you can find it. I only one rolled success. one. That's right, isn't it? Yeah. Um, um, yeah. One success. Am I running in the right direction? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I would say I would say you can add another one to that oh. because you're you're pretty prepared with this, or you're pretty experienced with this scanner at this point. Uh, yep, that's another success. So two successes. 
yeah, you you find exactly where it is. It's like a couple floors down. You're able to navigate over there, uh, no problem. Niner, are you still holding the brain? Uh, yeah, one of them. <laughs> okay, just checking. <laughs> <You're> so cheap. <laughs> you're just holding a brain in your in your uh, robot hands as you're as you're making your way down. Yeah, you find this uh, very large, about the size of a. Um, like a half of a of a football field, um, yeah. either type of football, and oh, um, you beauty! And you can see it through this uh, like control rooms like panel, like this window here. So you see like a part of it, and you see these control panels, and you see a group of additional brain aliens uh, floating there, watching this boot up. I'm gonna need a bigger spanner. Yeah, they they need to chuck it into that thing. You're, you're going to try to break it? Well, that was the plan. It's behind glass, so you'll need to break through the glass first um, and then get to the to the, to the the turbine. So it'll have to be uh, quite the throw to get it through there mm. in one. How yeatable is that brain? How yeatable? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, it, it should be fairly aerodynamic if it looks like a human brain, you know? It's, it's probably not very hard, though. I can't imagine it breaking <laughs> it's, it's, glass. I mean, you, I you are a smear. robot, but it feels... It's a smear across the glass. Yeah, it's it just feels got fairly a nice... squish. It's just got a nice throwing action with the stem, so I it's going to... I have an idea. I could try and weaken and... the glass ahead of it. If I do a good shot at the glass and, and have a point where it shatters partially and you build up enough momentum with the brain and hit it in the same place, it may well Great. just have enough you momentum do... to go through. I... I don't feel I can throw a, br a brain at a, a even it's a weakened glass window. It, that that would be fine. breaking what my hip with a cloth. I... Can you strap a couple of spanners to it? <laughs> and I'll do the chucking. We just need the weight. Just stick them in. It's squishy. It's a brain. Just, just stick just the, throw spanners the spanners in. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Don't have the same. Don't have the same. You know. It's not as satisfying. Nobody <laughs> understands the art of these things, she says as she shoots the glass. I know, right? I knew you had appreciation for art. <laughs> I knew it. I guess, okay, I, would, I would say, Dr. Tack, I guess you're rolling an assist. Um, yeah, just to weaken the glass ahead of the throw. Okay, yeah, so roll, roll to see if you succeed. It's lasers. You have your pistol in your hand, so I'd say two dice. Cool. Hey, I've got a normal success and a lasers and feelings again. I wow, love you have so dice. many lasers and feelings here. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, on two successes, you definitely do it. Do you have any questions for me at this time with your laser feelings? Do any of the other brains that are in the room have they clocked that we've just kind of arrived at the doorway behind them and are, are oh, now yeah. shooting? Oh yeah. I mean, y'all y'all were shouting about stuffing spanners in one of their <laughs> dead bodies and throwing it at the glass. That might create quite Stunned. a bad impression. <laughs> uh, okay. That's fine. Well, that's good to know. I will yeah. shoot at the glass and then I will be lining up to shoot straight afterwards. Okay. <laughs> Great. Rained uh, Lamange everywhere. So you do succeed. So uh, Taylor, two pew, you get your additional dice along with your regular 1D and your expert because you shoot. Um, and I guess prepared. So that's four die for you. Go ahead and roll. Wee right. So what we... Uh, yes. And you need to get under your number. Okay. So I'm assuming these things do have their nice little psychic shields if i aim at one just above one of those it should hopefully bounce enough to just mm. get into that little crevice right there <laughs> <laughs> is that a good laugh or what a bad that? laugh yeah oh no I, I i i have i have one success on four dice no oh. <laughs> okay well on one success it wasn't you... an easy throw <laughs> <laughs> On one success, you do succeed, but there is a complication or cost. So... Damn it, it's wedged into the brain. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Tech pulls off um, a seamless shoot into the observation glass. Uh, and then, Taylor, you shoot this and it breaks, it, it, it breaks through the glass spectacularly, cracks through the turbine tunnel, 
you do succeed in, in breaking it and it appears to be powering down, but now it appears as if whatever, whatever time situation was happening is now pulsing out into the rest of this moon and it's still in reversal mode so it is quickly reversing everything you see the uh the brains before you start to suddenly grow like limbs and they're starting to kind of reverse themselves back into past evolutionary versions of themselves it there's some weird stuff they're like turning into like babies and like growing and there's a lot of kind of confusing things happening to these poor brain aliens um and this kind of experience is coming your way now what do you do the ship runs on fossil fuels right uh or it like can fuel crystal fuel things yeah I'm, I'm just watching as this stuff happens to see if yeah. there's anything fuelable we can grab <laughs> I, I, I see. I'm I see what you mean. Um, there is a lot of energy coming from the turbine, like from the turbine itself, and radiating oh. out. Like it's not like time can just reverse itself without energy going can, into it. Can we get in through the window now? We are we able to get into this space, or or is the door? You want shut? to run well, towards yes, but it the is, turbine. It is towards the time reversal that is now bleeding out yeah, into the. I'm I'm literally a product of intelligent design, so reverse in, uh, evolution doesn't really bother me much. Gonna, yeah, but you might it. become a bag of holes. <laughs> this, I'm going to take that risk. <laughs> All right. But if you get the fuel, just throw it this way. I guess. <laughs> then, I, then I can run with a, with a clean conscience. <laughs> roll, roll, for, roll for lasers to see how well you, I guess, hold yourself together as you go through yeah, this. Sure. this. Just one dice. I can't see that this is yeah, prepared I or expert. I doubt you would be expert, <laughs> expert at this or prepared to run through a time reversal field. So um, that, yeah, that is a success. So one success. It's one success. So you do succeed, but at a cost. I am carrying the brain. I don't know what, what's going to happen to the brain. Oh, you're going to drop it on your foot. Great. Yeah. No. So this, this is this is good. I have an idea here. Okay. So a lot of the years of wear and tear at your robot body are starting to reverse themselves so you're you simultaneously simultaneously feel better than you ever did but then on the other side you also feel as if you are being taken apart and you're like kind of holding yourself together somehow and you quickly rush in and you find this like glowing power source on the inside of this time reversal field and you reach in with your one available hand to pull it out and you do um, but at the same time that all of this is happening, the rope, the alien brain in your arm is growing into like a full human being. And uh, the bolts at your shoulder are also starting to kind of like loosen a little bit and um, you lose an arm. Uh, it kind of falls into pieces there from as the time reversal energy radiates out and kind of turns it into like its original materials. Um, but you have this in your hand and you you rush out following your teammates as they escape outside the uh the field of the remaining reversal like time bleed you technically stopped it because you pulled out the energy source but there's still some left over that's kind of waiting out here run as quickly as possible run. Back to the running, ship. running 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 <laughs> um I, I, and yeah I, I'm, I'm on board with the running now <laughs> and uh, for time purposes unless there's anything else that anyone wants to do as they're passing through this space i will uh move you all back to the ship but Time just... purposes. I see what you did there. <laughs> <laughs> Anything? Okay. Uh, no, that's no, fine. Uh, my foot's no, fixed. No. I want to get back to my darling. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Great. So you you rush back to the ship uh, and you make it on there. Uh, this poor thing that is like barely floating at this point because it's so low on power and uh, the time energy is still sort of reading out from the moon a little bit. Scott, I would like you to make a like a check to see how quickly you get this uh, crystal installed into your ship so you can take off. I will grab the crystal from Niner. Oh my god, thank you so much. I will totally help you fix your arm in like two shakes, but first I've really got to feed my baby. It's okay, darling. Here, we've got food. We've got num num. It's right here. Um, <laughs> it's fine. Just don't eat too fast. Don't eat too fast. Just slow, steady. Yep, you'll, be, you'll feel fuller if you if you take your time, okay? Dr. Takiyama so will get appalled. 
Absolutely. Don't, don't think I haven't Amazing. forgot that you that we're gonna have biscuits and talk about art later because <laughs> I have not forgotten. Um, as soon as you open the hatch, I'm just I'm 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 just looking at the um, the big Jaguar logo on the on, on the engine and going, ah, that explains everything. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So yeah, um... I, I am using my empathy to heighten the efficiency of the fuel conversion process. Okay, roll for feelings. You want to roll over your stat. Um, I'd say one and then an extra one because you're an expert. A two and a six. So a laser feelings and a success. Great. I mean, that's a success. Do you have any questions for me before y'all can I? What? Can I somehow rig the Raptors systems to grab on to the oncoming reverse temporal energy and harness it in such a way that it reverse time fills up the fuel tanks as well. <laughs> I don't know how that would work, but I want to say yes. For the time slingshot effect. Yeah. I was really hoping yeah, that maybe... was going to be your question. Yeah, maybe there was something like already in the crystal that it absorbed all of that energy from where it was. Yeah, maybe maybe because the crystal is already in there, it kind of has this pull, this kind of attraction to the time energy to begin with. Yeah. And, uh, it you... remembers that time you gave it premium fuel. Right. <laughs> and as it and as um it attaches into the the kind of fuel like consumption area, uh, the time effects kind of like pulse into it, and then you see the levels get higher and higher and higher. And oh, look, it's so full! And uh, then the ship takes commands and blasts off into the universe away from this very much not a moon ancient space thing. Um, Hooray! And you did it! (laughs) You are are ridiculous, but you are such a good engineer, (laughs) but you do realize you don't need all of the fuss to go along with it. If you love yourself and you love your body, it just works better. It's like if you talk to plants, they grow better. Like if uh, that, that's categorically know. not true, um, but, um, but never mind. You know what? You, know what? you are very Let's good at your experiment. job. Let's have an experiment. I will grow my plants my way, and you can grow yours your way, and we'll see which ones make better tea. Because I guarantee oh. that tea grown with love <laughs> is gonna taste better. Oh, oh, what you... a disgusting notion! Yes, yes, I accept <laughs> your challenge. So, hang on. Are you telling me I should finally get round to naming these guns? No. Uh, yes. No. Yes. I want to know the names of the guns. <laughs> well, I was going with Shocking left and right for now, but <laughs> yes. Is the right one is left which? and the left one right? I suppose it That's depends if it's good. from your perspective or the person that you're killing. I mean, stunning. oh god, like stage left and stage right. Yes. Mm. Yeah, yes. Yeah. <laughs> it can be very. And you'd important. explain that when you go into a gunfight. <laughs> Ah, yes, exit. I call this one lefty, because from your point of view... Yes, 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 because because when you fire the bullets, they will exit stage left and exit stage right. (laughs) Uh, I feel no regrets about the death of those brains, because quite fundamentally, when one has all of that time at one's disposal and declares that there is not enough time for tea, they are clearly, clearly wrong and should be ended. Yeah, ironically, they were out of their minds. Yeah, Mm. I've different logic to you but i come to the same conclusion for kind of the same reasons um, yeah, so that's why we get along so well <laughs> you shoot the destination not the journey uh and on that note <laughs> um yeah i i think we're we're going to have to call the call it here um but this was this was fantastic i had such a i had such a great time again playing that was a lot of fun awesome. Thank you very much. Yeah, thank you. Mm, yes, thank you. Thank you so much. We remain terrible, terrible people, and I love it. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually really nice being so awful just for like an hour and a bit. Mm. <laughs> um, I, I'm so glad I can facilitate yep. you having I'm, a very specific set of morals and I'm, sticking I'm, to them. <laughs> I'm playing the grumpy android, and I appear to be the moral backbone of the team. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this is why it works. <laughs> I, I do try it's just that you know when it gets to the point of what somebody's going to shoot first it, it, it nah can't happen so <laughs> yeah absolutely 
Ugh, incredible. Well, thank you so much for being here again at Gameplay Radio here on Radio Free Brooklyn. I'm so happy we got to do this again. Thank um, you so much for running for us. Yay. Yes, it was great it fun. Is, it was an absolute pleasure. Uh, I would do this 1000% anytime. Uh, but for our listeners, uh, why don't y'all share where they can find you, support you, follow you, all of that stuff um, in the future. And you want to go first? Sure. Um, you can find me on Twitter occasionally as M Apocalyptic, as in E-M Apocalyptic. And my website is www.enewman.co.uk. Um, and I send out a monthly newsletter so people can sign up there. Great. Russell? Uh, Twitter is probably the best place to find me for the moment as well. I'm on at R-A Smith, P-S-L, and forever chasing that that blue tick i wouldn't know what to do with so um come come along and see me ramble about something uh, if that isn't twitter i don't know what is trip <laughs> uh, you can find me soon at tripgaily.com that's t-r-i-p-g-a-l-e-y.com uh, i'm also on twitter as at tripgaily and for my sins i am also wading into tiktok Oh. Um, so if you want to swing by and <laughs> nice. see some really, really bad lip syncs, um, I'm at trip underscore gaily on there, I believe. And last but definitely not least, David. <laughs> uh, so I'm on Twitter uh, at uh, DT Moore, M-O-O-R-E, editor, DT Moore editor. Uh, it looks like DT Moore editor because it's the, the end of the Moore and the beginning of editor. Yeah, it's quite um, cool. It works. <laughs> uh, or you can sort of check out some of the stuff that I've created at rebellionpublishing.com perfect thank you all um, and thank you to our listeners again for being here um, and we're just going to sign right off now take care of yourselves and each other and we will most definitely talk to you next time bye bye bye, bye. bye. <laughs> <laughs>